I just want to thank our fans for sticking with the Bears. We're going to do everything we can to improve in 2020. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. The word that comes to my mind is regression. And why did we regress? There's a lot of belief in Mitch. It's really a consistency issue. I think we all saw the flashes. Here's a quick throw to Miller. Touchdown! What a throw there by Trubisky. He keeps again. Touchdown, Trubisky. What a night for number 10. And that gave us hope, and then he regressed a little bit. Fumble by Trubisky after missing a would-be touchdown. Trubisky all day to throw it, and he just laid it right into the hands of Julian Love. So I think his approach this offseason is to really understand defenses and how they disguise coverages. I think he'll be able to do that. He's got all the ability in the world. From WGN Radio, it's Adam Ho. There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Points are points, and if they're giving them to you, you take them. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. 8-8 eight and eight just seems perfect for what they are this year. The offense, the quarterback taking steps back. Significant. Here they are, the Adams. 8-8, eight eight, no one's happy. It's not all just one person's fault. Hogan Johns. Let's begin now. What's up? Welcome in another episode on The Athletic as we keep February rolling and we get closer and closer to the NFL Combine. What's up, Johnsy? Hello, Adam, and hello, Fishman. He's back. I am back, and uh, the Bears are not, but I am. You feel good about this? You know, look, at one point in the season, we wondered if I was kind of the Bears' good luck charm based on my appearances on the, on the, on the pod. Uh, now we don't have to worry about that. So no, it's just, it's just February, and I'm just you know chiming in because I, I I pretty much let's let's make it clear. I very much invited myself on because I was getting really bored and I uh, was looking for a couple couple atoms to talk to. Let's get some time to kill. <laughs> pretty much. Let's just clarify something. You were wondering if you were the good luck charm. We were not. Uh, correct. Okay. Yeah, we just kind of went along with whatever you were saying, but just, yeah. wanna, just not wanna. happening, Kev. Just want to clarify that. Uh, welcome in Hogan Johns on the Athletic on the Athletic app, and we appreciate you subscribing and uh, being a part of this. Our bonus episodes that continue throughout the off season. That is Kevin Fishbane back on the podcast. Good to have him here at K Fishbane on Twitter. You know me, Adam Hogue at Adam Hogue on Twitter, H O G E, and Adam Johns J A H N S on Twitter. All right. We are uh, we're trying to get our way through this month. It has been long and cold and snowy. Fishbane has an ear infection somehow. He's a grown man with an ear infection. How, how does that happen? I don't even want to know how it happens, but I'm okay. I'm kind of curious, Kev. How are you doing? <laughs> I feel fine. I got to tell you guys that um, I started doing this thing called the Peloton. Are you familiar with it? Whoa, no. you got a Peloton? No, I did not get a Peloton. I need to be very clear about that. Okay. The very um, the the gym that I go to bought a Peloton, and oh. every time I go, no one is using it, and so I just use the gym's Peloton, and I've got kind of addicted to it. So I was convinced there was nothing wrong with me because I was you know working out a bunch using the Peloton, but my ear was bothering me, and they said it's an ear infection. So. I'm not sure if they're related at all. I just wanted to brag about using the Peloton as a way to show that I'm not fully losing in the game of Darwinism because I'm still able to use a Peloton, but I do have a childhood ear infection. 
moral of the story, the Peloton gave you the ear infection. Got it. It's, it's possible. It is possible. That's what I got out of that, too. So here we are. We're trying to get ready for the American Lung Association fight for air climb uh, next month. Johns and I have not been doing nearly enough prep. And, no. And you're out there on a Peloton working your ass off and getting ear infections. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I okay. listen, I don't know if I could ride a bike very far. I don't think I could walk <laughs> a bunch of stairs very well, but I can I can do a Peloton for like 30 minutes. All right. Well, that's something. That's something. Uh, both these guys that are on the line right now, you can read them on The Athletic. You can find their stories as we discuss them right now uh, in the app. It's a pretty cool feature on The Athletic. And uh, let's start with this, Kevin Fishbane, since you're here. You wrote a story on the quarterback situation at the NFL Combine, which is coming up in uh, less than two weeks now, and how it could impact the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you know, you guys probably know this because I'm sure I've talked about this on this pod or with you. I'm a big draft a quarterback every year guy. Like, I, I think selfishly as a reporter, that's fun. Like, I would much rather write about and watch a sixth-round quarterback than like a sixth round, you know, inside linebacker. Like it's just more interesting to me. And, you know, like, look, I, there's, there's a, a sixth round linebacker. It's just as good of a chance as a sixth round quarterback. Um, you know, I, I probably should, actually maybe not because special teams, but anyways, I just think it's fun and you never know. You might as well take those swings. And I think with, with everything we saw with the quarterback last year, you need contingency plans. And the most, and I made this clear in the article, the most important thing Ryan Pace is going to do at quarterback We'll find out in four weeks, the start of free agency. But I still think you draft somebody. Just have a guy there. You know, the Jaguars drafted Gardner Minshew. They took a flyer on the guy last year. And Nick Foles gets hurt. Minshew steps in. And now they're moving forward with Gardner Minshew. So I, I just think that, like, you you are in a situation now where you don't know what you're going to get from Mr. Trubisky. You don't know who you're going to sign in free agency. And whoever that is, you don't know what you're going to get from him. So bring in a rookie, have three guys in there that you can kind of work through, have these plans for the future. And part of that process is interviewing these guys, at the combine, watching them throw and getting to know them a little better. I think part of this conversation, like everybody goes back to Pace saying that he believes in this philosophy and the things that he's kind of done in the draft are kind of counter to this philosophy, right? Like he, he keeps moving up. So he keeps losing picks on the back end. So if you don't like the quarterback early on, you want to take a swing at one later, you just can't because you don't have the draft capital. This draft, I think he has to try to find a way to, to move back, to maybe move back in the second round with one of those two second round picks to, to create more draft capital for himself, to create more swings at this quarterback position and really more swings overall. Let's face it, some of the guys that he's moved up for, the Mitch Trubisky's, Leonard Floyd's of the world, let's, let's face it, they're not all pros. They're not your, your, your best players on your team. So a little draft capital, I think, can go a long way into strengthening what, what what's, you know we all know is the most important position in, in all of sports. And everybody knows this philosophy comes from the Packers, right? They, they drafted all sorts of guys when they had Brett Favre there. I'll just name a few. Matt Hasselbeck, pro bowler. Mark Brunel, pro bowler. Aaron Brooks went on to be a starter for the New Orleans Saints. And then you know what? After those guys, they took a guy called Aaron Rodgers and put him on the bench for three years. So, obviously, if you're going to look for results in where this philosophy works, you just look up north. I want to say it goes even beyond that, too. Didn't they draft the guy after they had Rodgers? Didn't they draft the guy uh, out of... Brett Hundley. 
Brett Hundley was one, but the kid out of Louisville too, Brom. Oh yeah, Brian Brom. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then, well, and then they made like, and then they traded for Deshaun Kaiser, I guess. Um, but yeah, your, your the points well taken. That they, they have always taken swings despite having back to back Hall of Famers uh, t- that have uh, t- taken over the franchise for two decades. Um, I think the point three here decades is, really. Like, e- even if they don't become your starter. They still have a value, like immense value, especially if teams are excited by 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 what they are. You know, like like Brunel, yeah, Pro Bowler, Matt Hasselbeck, Pro Bowler. Look at the Patriots; they do it too. They selected Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett. Those were turned back into uh, what, what did they what did they trade him for? So they got a second round pick back for Garoppolo, and they got Philip Dorsett for Jacoby Brissett. So even if these guys don't become your starter. They still have value, trade value later on. And, and Kevin, and I, uh, go well, ahead. I was say that the, you know, just because John, you mentioned the Patriots, I got their their page up now, and you mentioned you got Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, they drafted Jacoby Brissett the next year, Danny Etling in the seventh round in 2018. Jared Siddham is you know supposedly potentially could be the next guy, and even before that, you look at Ryan Mallett, and and sometimes these guys don't turn out. You know, Zach Robinson was a seventh round flyer. Kevin O'Connell was a third round pick in 08. They just kept bringing these guys in, and I think you look at the way drafts are. So rarely do those day three picks become anyone. Right, so you're always just taking a flyer with some of these guys. So why not take a flyer on a guy that if you know, you know, like like for example, you look at the Bears with Eddie Jackson. It is so great that Eddie Jackson turned into what he turned into as a fourth round pick. That is a dream. Well. You know, the more quarterbacks you take over in those rounds, you know, you can try to find one of those because that is the ultimate dream to find a quarterback in one of those rounds. If you can't find one in the first that can become somebody, whether to trade him for something or to have him as your starter. My biggest takeaway from your story, Kevin, is that whatever Ryan Pace says between now and the draft, we can't believe any of it. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot. There was a uh, multiple times in 2017. He said he, they, uh, it's very important to find a quarterback that can elevate his program. Um, he even had something in the Senior Bowl where he was asked about how much experience matters to him, and he said it matters a lot. It's really important. Um, yeah, uh, I mean everything he said was you know was just screamed to Sean Watson. Right. We all know now that that was just a ruse. Uh, but the reason I brought those quotes back was not necessarily to make Bears fans upset, although the comment section got pretty upset. But you know, like maybe now he would like someone like I don't know, like a Jacob Fromm, right? Someone who has a lot of success in college, a uh, Jalen Hurts, a guy who's just a winner anywhere he went in college. Plenty of experience. Maybe those things now might matter more. Um, realistically than they did when he said they mattered in 2017. Yeah, I, I find the whole, like, there'll be good quarterbacks for the Bears to consider there in the second round. And, and, I, and I get that there's there's always two drafts. I feel like we say it all the time on this podcast. There's a, there's a draft for quarterbacks and a draft for everybody else. In this case, in the second round, they'll have a Jacob Fromm. I, I really believe it's a Jacob Fromm to consider at 43. Maybe somebody moves up and takes him before the Bears, but if one of those guys are are there, I, I'm really curious to see what the Bears do with it. Well, we'll circle back to uh, the draft here at the end with another very important position for the Chicago Bears. But I want to ask you guys this question uh, to, to get some of the conversation going earlier because the reality is the Bears are going to hit free agency before the NFL draft. And we're just about a month away from that time period. So 
the question I want to ask you guys for us to discuss right now, what are two positions that you would target through free agency in March instead of waiting for the draft? Like two positions you identify that need to be fixed quickly that you can't necessarily wait for somebody to develop for a year or two that absolutely need to get done sooner that are worth paying more money to try to get a quicker fix, even knowing that the risk is oftentimes in the free agency, it's fool's gold. It's simple. It's very simple to me. It's quarterback and tight end. If this system is too advanced for Trubisky in his second and third years, if this system is too intense for the J.P. Holtz's, Ben Bronickers of the world to catch on quickly, then you know what? You need to find someone who is who is seasoned. And I'm talking about both positions. A, a quarterback who has seen multiple coverage through more than a couple of years, has more experience than Mitchell Trubisky. You need to find a better, more durable option at tight end. Someone who's seen coverages, who who's, knows a few things about leverage and, and whatnot in, in the secondary. Maybe an Austin Hooper. Maybe Hunter Henry. If you're going to spend any money at all in free agency. It starts with those two positions. Yeah, I can't disagree with John Z. You know, the one thing when I when I took a look at this question, Hogue, I, I wondered about how much the, the money plays a role, right? And so mm-hmm. I was thinking about a position like inside linebacker where you have Roquan Smith on a rookie contract still. You have a guy, Nick Kwiatkowski, that, you can, that might cost a little more money than you once thought he would. But maybe you spend that money so you get someone who you can just plug back in to start or, or you sign somebody else and take advantage of the fact that Roquan Smith is on that rookie contract. Um, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about it in those, in those terms, too, with a position like that where you ha- haven't already dedicated a lot of money to it. So you have maybe some some freedom, some flexibility. Um, and, and another spot I was kind of curious about, and this is why so much it's going to be so interesting the next four weeks. And, and I, again, I'm saying this with the caveat that I agree with John's going quarterback tight end. I'll throw out edge rusher. And the reason I'm bringing that up is, you know, it, I don't know what they're going to do with Leonard Floyd, but you know, how much are you going to trust a guy that you're going to draft in the third or fourth round to plug in at that spot and be an impact player for you? They got so little from Floyd's spot last year in terms of rushing the quarterback. They have nobody behind Floyd and Mack. Um, you know, Aaron Lynch is a free agent. Uh, and so, you know, I, th- I wonder if that is a spot where if they're able to figure out something with Leonard Floyd's cap number that they feel comfortable bringing in a veteran as opposed to a rookie to kind of help that production a little bit. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting thought. I think that um, sometimes you can find a guy that, I mean, the, to me, the, the issue here is that you have two picks in the top 50, but they're number 43 and number 50 in the draft, okay? Then you don't have another one until the end of the fourth round in the compensation area of the fourth round. So you're really talking about only having two picks in the top, what, like 150 or whatever it is? So you're only going to get, to me, two swings at somebody that can help you pretty quickly. Because sometimes second rounders can be starters right away. I mean, Cody Whitehair was a pretty... uh, pretty quick contributor. Um, but even there in the second round, a lot of times it takes a while to to develop. And I would especially point at the tight end position. Most times, rookie tight ends, they, they need a year to under the, under the belt at the NFL level before they really take off. And we've all talked about the importance of that spot. So I would put tight end 
as one of the positions that you should go spend whatever money you have, whatever cap space you have on a tight end like Austin Hooper, for example. And then the other one is right guard. And this one I've gone back and forth on because, like I brought up Cody Whitehair, you can find especially interior linemen in the second round that can plug and play for you. But I just don't think, given what we've seen from this running game and the questions that still exist on the outside of the Bears offensive line, to me, that might be the most important position that they absolutely have to fix immediately to get this running game going, which will help the quarterback a ton. I would go out and spend money on like Brandon Sheriff immediately knowing, hey, it's a risk with the injuries as of late, but he's the type of guy that can plug in there and automatically maul some guys in the running game that can really upgrade the entire offensive line. See, I I understand that, and I'm with you. I just feel like the Bears offensive line needs to change in some sense, and like a Brandon Sheriff would almost change your identity. And I think it's it's kind of overdue for this Bears offensive line because the continuity's been great, but they haven't been exactly an exceptional offensive line. No. You know, I, I go back to what Chris Long um, was saying uh, to, to Kyle Long when he was on Kappa Company. Just he didn't think the Bears were physical enough, and a Brandon Sheriff would definitely change that. But I think a tight end can change that as well. Look, and these guys aren't George Kittle; these guys aren't Travis Kelsey. I'm talking about Hunter Henry and Austin Hooper, but. Just in terms of what that tight end can do for you in the run game, what that tight end can do for you really in the passing game, well, he's going to be your first or second option in these reads. And can you really trust Trey Burton? In general, I think the Bears' pass blocking has been fine. The problem has, you know, Trubisky's going through his reads and he can't trust his tight end. He can't trust J.P. Holtz. He can't trust, you know, Jesper Horstead. Maybe he'll get to, to a point with, with some of these guys, but... If you're going to pour money into any position, to me it starts with tight end. Then, then I actually agree with you with the, the offensive line because part of me believes that the Bears are just going to go do a little bargain shopping in a sense for, for the quarterback but or be priced out, I should say. But it, if they don't upgrade their tight end through free agency, I think it's a failure, uh, at least in that part of the player acquisition period. I wonder with the offensive line, um, and, and I, I mean, we talked about this a couple of years ago when guard was such an obvious need after Josh Sitton uh, got released. Uh, and who was the, the guy out of Carolina was like the top guard in free agency. I think he, I forgot where he ended up going to New York, maybe. Um, Is that and- Andrew Norwell? That's yes, right. Andrew Norwell. Yes, yes. Good job, Adam. You should you should cover the Bears. Um, I, and I remember writing about him and, and, and thinking about, like, would the Bears do this? It's an easy plug and play. They didn't touch it. They draft James Daniels. Um, you know, they brought back Eric Cush, and that was the direction they went. Um, and and I, I wonder, I think this is a similar spot, right, where you just have a clear, that is your one hole that in terms of you need a starter there. And it seems so simple, as Hoke said, you just sign Brandon Sheriff and you're done. You filled that. And you, there's a couple other guards available, too, um, that, that are pretty good out there on free agency. Um, I, I'm just curious about the, the, how they are going to think about the tackles and how much money is invested in those two guys and how you know much they kind of underperformed last year. And if that is going to play any kind of role in limiting what they do at that at that other guard spot. I just, uh, if you look at those contracts, you can't do anything with them. You know, I know. I know. They're kind of stuck there. And, and, and I think that that's okay. I still believe that you can 
live with the tackles you have. And kind of knowing Charles Leno, I feel like he would be due for somewhat of a bounce back year. I'm not saying he's going to you know go back to the Pro Bowl or anything, but you you look at the the track record of his career. This year was st- while he's not been an All Pro, he's this year was more, more the exception than the rule throughout his. Let's be honest, kind of overachieving career. He was a seventh round draft pick, um, so I think he could bounce back a little bit. Um, if Massey's healthier, I think he can be fine. But that's all under the. Um, assumption though that you can fit that have the interior really clicking that then you're okay on the outside and if you don't fix that right guard spot to me then you're in trouble uh as we saw th- throughout most of of the 2019 season and guys but uh, i guess this is where i'm torn even with i've always had trouble with the continuity argument because these guys except maybe the potential of james daniels and and the the consistency of Cody Whitehair. I just find them very middle of the pack as an offensive line. And maybe Juan Castillo is the answer. Maybe having that as your difference maker after moving on, you know, kind of over philosophical differences with Harry Heastan, maybe that's the difference. But I don't think the Bears as an offense are going to be where Matt Nagy wants them to be until that offensive line has an identity until that offensive line becomes maybe a top 10 unit, a top eight unit right now. They're middle of the pack, maybe top 20, but I got a lot of questions about well, them. Like, and John's that's exactly, sorry to interrupt you, but that's exactly why I don't think you can mess around with the, the one hole you have to fix right now on that line. I don't think you can mess around with like, Hey, maybe our guy will be there or in the second round, or maybe we have to trade up again, which is the opposite of what you said earlier about, which I agree with. It'd be great if they could trade back and acquire more picks. That's to me, that's the issue where I'm willing to spend whatever money and cap space there is on something that yeah, the free agency is a risk too, but I feel like you're just getting somebody who you know is healthy, can come in and play immediately. Silence, Kevin. Are you even here anymore? Well, I was running this, through this. This guy's bugging us to get on the podcast. We <laughs> set him up, and it gives us two seconds of silence. Hoagie, what else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Listen, guys. I was just building the suspense because I was running through the Coronas Crusues, the Cody oh, Whitehairs, man. the James Danielses, the Jordan Morgans. Um, this is a this is a front office that has no problem drafting interior offensive linemen. And, you know, how much is what happened last year maybe a sign that, oh, we should go the other way and pour money into somebody from the outside? Or is this just how these guys are, that they firmly believe in drafting, developing that position? And they'll just say, hey, we need more guys there. We're just going to go ahead and draft another offensive guard because it's just it's something that we feel comfortable doing. We like White Heron Daniels, so we're just going to find another guy that we're going to plug in there. Like, I just don't – I wonder if it is just their M.O., that that is where they believe or that is how they believe they should handle their resources at that position. Now I I should, I guess the the caveat there is Josh Sitton, right? Where he was available, you know, last minute out of nowhere and and they didn't mind spending money to bring him in, um, you know, to fill that, to fill that need. But again, this is just, this has been a a group of, there's a GM that does not mind drafting guards. He clearly has an aversion of drafting tackles because the only tackle he's drafted is Teo Fabaluge. Um, and speaking of quarterback, that's another position they should stop ignoring and bring somebody in through the draft. I think the problem with all this is that the, the draft classes 
have just been so damn small. Like they haven't yeah. taken a tackle other than Tyo Fabaluja. And Ryan Pace has been here for a long time. You know why? Because they don't have the draft capital. They don't have the the resources to to take swings at multiple players. And I want to say this with, with all fairness. I, I am all about going up and getting your guy, especially in difference making positions at quarterback and pass rusher. But you know what? You better hit on those picks. And if you don't, you're left with this. You're left with question marks about the, the rest of your roster. This is where the Bears are. Are the Bears a bad team? No, but they got some serious holes to fill. And let's be honest, guys, they don't have – we all know the draft or the salary cap is fluid. We all get that. We all know the salary cap is going to go up. We all know that the, the the negotiations could change contracts you know, for the, for the new CBA. We all understand that. But I, I do think they're going to get priced out on a lot of these guys, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater, Brandon Sheriff, heck, maybe even an Austin Hooper. You know some teams are going to spend some serious dough. And the Bears, despite the fluidity of the salary cap, still have their limitations. And, and I'll tell you what, John, you made a great point there about when you trade up, you better be right. And what I mean, let's look at some of these. Mitchell Trubisky, three years in, still a question mark. Leonard Floyd, the year before, so now he's four years in. Fine player, but not a number one pass rusher. Not the number, not worth the number nine overall pick, right? Uh, what's another example? I mean, even last year, David Montgomery. I don't know how much of that was really his fault, but he didn't really have the impact that was hyped up in the preseason. And that was another guy you traded up for. Uh, am I forgetting any other examples? I mean, Eddie Jackson was a trade up for. Okay, that worked. Uh, yes, and look, all these guys are good players. I, 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 that even applies to Mitchell Trubisky. These guys yeah. are good players, or, or at least have given you good moments, good games. But but, but, but John, they're not to be great. Yeah, Sorry, they're, go, yeah, they're not good enough though that you're. We're in this draft conversation now, talking about when are they going to draft a quarterback? When are they going to draft another pass rusher? They're they, so you're right. They're good, but they're not good enough that the Bears don't have to worry about those positions this offseason. Right. Right. Big difference between good and great in the NFL. Big difference. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mitch Trubisky went to a Pro Bowl, by the way. Uh, People he, forget that. Yeah. Uh, you guys were That's both, what I hear. You guys were both there, right? I was. I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Okay. Yeah. So you can confirm he did go to a Pro Bowl. He was he there. He, and, and you know what? He was fantastic there. Forget what happened in the game. Who cares about what happened in the game? But the guy really soaked it up. I, I don't want to say soaked it up, but he he was. Great with his time, you know, whereas other quarterbacks kind of ran around. He, he definitely enjoyed it for a moment. And for a guy who's been under so much scrutiny, you could see him relax a bit, be a, be a person a bit, less robotic as he tends to be when he steps to the lectern. But, you know, the pressure of that position playing in this town, regardless of what the Bears do at quarterback, it's going to be there for the free agent edition. It's going to be there for the – mid-round draft pick. It's going to be there for a, a Jacob Fromm. It's going to be there for Trubisky as he tries to shake off 2019. It's unlike any other city, guys. It really is. And just to clarify, because you mentioned Eddie Jackson, that's the perfect example of somebody you traded up for. You locked him up because he was so good. He's rewarded you for it. Now that's a position you don't have to worry about this offseason. So um, that's what you're looking for when you trade up in the draft. When you don't get that, you don't have the draft capital years later. And some of that obviously has to do with the Khalil Mack trade too, but um, that's that's the exactly what we're talking about here. All right, so uh, Dan Durkin on The Athletic. Here's another story you can find right now and kind of scroll through as we discuss it. Uh, you'll find it right there in the app. But Dan Durkin 
wrote about acquiring Austin Hooper as a, a tight end in free agency. I like I like Austin Hooper. I think that makes sense. I um, I guess my only concern is that he's I, I you're going to be overpaying because it's free agency. He seems like a guy who's probably going to go on that A list of free agency guys, and I'm not sure he's necessarily an A list tight end. You look at where he ranks, and Durkin cited a lot of this. You know, he's more like sixth, seventh type area, and he's been playing with a quarterback and Matt Ryan that loves to throw the ball. That's pretty good. So that would be my one hesitation, but I still think he's an immediate upgrade over what the Bears have and would be a good fit in this offense. He's better than Trey Burton. But let's, let's start there. I, I think he can give you a little bit more. He can give you a little bit nasty. Okay, everybody remembers that run he had against the Bears. What was it, a few years ago? It was under John Fox. It was when Jarrell Freeman got concussed. Yes, he ran over. Did he run over Jarrell Freeman? I know he stiff-armed Quentin Demps, I, I believe, into the injury report. Into the injury report, did he not? Uh, no. John you don't remember it? I, no. John Fox is denying it. I'm not. Okay, he would deny it. He definitely would yeah. deny it. But that's the type of nasty I think the Bears definitely need. That's an identity. I don't want to say it's Travis Kelsey like or. George Kittle like because I don't think he's up in that conversation with those guys, but it's better than what they have. And the Bears spent a lot of money on Trey Burton two years ago, and he was the number three tight end on the Eagles. At least they're getting the number one tight end from the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Hooper, Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron, you're going to have to overpay, right? Because it's free agency. So how comfortable are you going to be doing? You know, how much do you see one of those guys being the answer that you're willing to overpay knowing how much you're going to be paying Trey Burton this year? I'm comfortable doing it because that position, as we've seen, is so important to the offense. You have no idea what you're going to get out of Trey Burton um, this this upcoming season. So, you know, the way that Matt Nagy talked about Trey Burton on that famous flight from Kansas City, does he feel that way? about one of these guys. And, and, you know, maybe the fact that, um, you know, especially Hooper is a, is a more of a two-way player. Does that factor in um, to, to whether they go ahead and splurge there? Um, I just, I, I wonder, um, you know, what these guys think they're going to get from Trey Burton. I mean, you, you, I don't think you can really expect any, I don't think you can expect anything. I don't think you can have expectations anywhere, which is why you got to take some swings. But inside that building, I, I, I don't know, and, maybe, and they probably don't know until they can see him in April, you know, which is why they've got to maybe take a chance here and, feel, and, and just have to kind of deal with having a lot of money committed to that position. I, I just, I could see a repeat of a couple of years ago where, where Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace get on that plane. Maybe this time it's it's them getting in the car together on the way to Indianapolis. But their first conversation together as GM coach was Matt Nagy telling Ryan Pace, I need a wide tight end. I need a guy to move around. Enter Trey Burton. I wonder if their discussions right now, as as we're recording this up at House Hall, Matt Nagy's up there outlining every single reason why he needs an Austin Hooper, every single reason why he needs a Hunter Henry. Heck, every single reason why he may have to go to Eric Ebron. That's just where the Bears are. They need a tight end. If you're going to pour any money into any position, it's got to start there in free agency. Well, and this is a good segue because much like we've talked about with the quarterback spot where you could sign a guy and then still draft a guy, I would do the same at tight end. I think it's that important of a spot for the reasons you just explained, Johnsy. And 
another reason why is because if you look at this tight end class, and this is a good transition here, Dane Brugler, who does a phenomenal job covering the NFL draft for the athletic, you can find his piece and kind of scroll through it as we discuss it here. He came out with his pre-combine tight end rankings. And in his opinion, there may not be a top 50 tight end this year in the draft. Now, I think there might be uh, because if – specifically because the Bears have picks of 43 and 50. So the Bears might be, uh, they could end up being the first team that takes a tight end in this draft. But his point is, when you look at this draft class, it's not necessarily top heavy, but it is pretty deep. And I agree with him from what I've seen from these tight ends so far. So if the Bears do go out and get like an Austin Hooper in free agency, well, you may still be able to get a pretty solid uh, tight end later in the draft, maybe like a Colby Parkinson from Stanford or Bryson Hopkins from Purdue, a guy you might be able to get on day three even. Um, and I would take multiple swings at that position too. I really want them to take the guy from Dayton. <laughs> I will be so excited if they take Adam Troutman from Dayton. What a I think name. It would be so much fun. A guy with Troutman as his name sounds like he would hang out with Adam Shaheen. uh, They're fishing and drinking buddies. Yeah, they're hunting. Trout fishing. All outdoor stuff. They're both from, they're Ohio guys, right? Look, sometimes with this, like, you know, we're not fans. We're not supposed to root for anything, but sometimes it's okay to want to watch the world burn a little bit, you know, <laughs> you know, to take the life from Dark Knight. And just because I want to see the way Bears fans would react if on the you know night two of the draft, there is Ryan Pace telling us about how he went to watch a Dayton football game and saw this guy stand out to him. And his name happens to be Adam. And just to see Bears fans lose their minds, I would just find that. And the guy could be great. And as you mentioned, Dane Brugger's got him ranked number one right now at the position going to the combine. I would be very entertained by that. Well, number one, there's nothing wrong with a guy named Adam. I would actually think that moves you up draft boards. Am I right, Hope? We have Adam on the sidelines. He knows everything that's going on. He nailed that one. Yep, exactly. Agreed. So, so obviously, he's your number one tight end just because of the name. But, okay, in in all seriousness, I'm going to go through this a little bit more as we get to the combine. But but to me, initially, I don't see a big disparity between Dane's number one guy and number 10 guy. I, I, I just don't. There's not like an OJ Howard in here, right? You know, like... Yeah. I, I just want to look at the, the history of like the, the best tight ends in the game right now. So you got what Travis Kelsey, third round pick, George Kittle, fifth round pick. You have Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was a second round pick. Was he not late second round pick? So you can find these guys at different points. So right now, Jes- Jesper Horstead undrafted, undrafted free agency. <laughs> and, and you know what? Heck, he may factor in, into talks here because I know some people at House Hall really like the guy. We'll have to see, but that position, guys. We know it's got to change. It has to change. It has to change as much as the quarterback's room. You need to get something better than what you got out of these guys last year. By the way, his number 10 guy is Thaddeus Moss, son of Randy Moss. So pretty good pedigree for his 10th ranked tight end. That dude looked open every single time Joe Burrow threw it to him. Now, yeah, if you watch the game, loaded, but the guy seemed open. Yeah, well, uh, spoken like an Ohio State fan there. He, he was pretty damn good against Ohio State. He was. 
It was. So Very uh, good. Uh, just a couple other names in his uh, list here. Uh, Cole Komet, uh, number two, local kid, Lake Barrington played at St. Vider, uh, Notre Dame. It was where he was playing his college ball, so he would be a, you know, a, a local favorite. That's his number two tight end. Harrison Bryant from Florida Atlantic, who I had in my mock draft. Um, Dane Brugler seems to think he'll go a little bit later than where I had him mocked in the second round. But uh, I like him a lot. I think he's he's got a lot of receiving. He's a really good receiver. I mean, he won the Mackey Award this year, but I was surprised at the Senior Bowl how well he blocked, too. So that's a guy I like. And there's also kind of a history of um, like Ryan Pace obviously scouted FAU last year because he was looking at Devin Singletary and then ended up uh, drafting what's his name? Who I'm not forgetting. The David other, Montgomery? No, the Avid, the other running back from FAU that he drafted in the seventh round. Oh, he's now in the Steelers. Yeah. What's his name? Kareth White. Kareth White. So uh, I wonder if those, when he's scouting those guys at FAU, if he noticed Harrison Bryant. Uh, let's see, some other guys. Colby Parkinson, I mentioned him from Stanford. Saw him in person this year. Jared Pinckney from Vandy. Why uh, haven't you mentioned the guy from Missouri? What guy from Missouri? He went to Sacred Heart Griffin, some Springfield, Illinois native. Oh. Number number five on the list. He's oh, challenging yeah. you to say his name. Oh, I see. I just I don't know why I just skipped over him. Yeah. My bad. I like just skip number five. Okay, we'll take a crack. Ogwe Boonam. Ogwe right? Boonam. Ogwe Boonam. Albert. Oh, we could be the, yeah, you're better than me. Just <laughs> like Sacred Heart Griffin, not bad. I'll take it. I don't think it was right, but I'm going to take it. That's the guy from Missouri who I skipped over, and I apologize to him and his family and Kevin Fishbane. Yeah, yeah. Again, local guy, in-state. Keep him here. All right. Uh, so we encourage you to check out all of those stories on The Athletic. Some good stuff there. Johns, did you uh, did you do anything of, of note this week, or are we just... It's coming. Just I'm doing out. something. No. Uh, and- yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, Mike Glennon. Easy. You still in the <laughs> league, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing something on um, the the trades and how the there's been over. The, I, let me ask you a question. So, how many quarterbacks do you guys think have been traded over the past ten years in the NFL? Um, I'm going to say fifty because you texted. Oh, that to me I earlier. texted it to you earlier. <laughs> you, you cheater. I I was kind of stunned by that number. I, I really was. I thought maybe it'd be like 25, 26, but it was like 47. I think it was 48 because in one case you had a Sam Bradford, Nick Foles swap. Remember that? It, it kind of blew my mind that 50 quarterbacks have exchanged hands uh, in, in in this league over the past 10 years. And there's some been big ones out there, some successful ones and some big misses and just, you know, a, a backup here or there. But we're going to look into those and see what type of answers the Bears can find for their own situation. I'm not a math major, but I believe that comes out to five per year. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know who's on that list, Adam? And I made sure to mention my losing bet to Portillo. So you guys could check this out tomorrow on The Ooh. Athletic is Christian Hackenberg. It still blows my mind to this day that the Jets used, wasted, not used, wasted a second round pick, a 51st overall pick on this guy. He's not, even, he's not even in the XFL, is he? He, no, he was no. in the AAF last year. Wait, so somebody traded for him? 
Yes, I'm like yes. forgetting the Raiders that. traded for him. Oh. So the Jet so the Jets took him with the fifty first overall yep. pick. Yep. Top fifty pick essentially, right? And then what they got in return? A conditional pick that the terms weren't even met for. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's how bad it was. Okay. That's how bad so he at is. least it wasn't like a bad Raiders trade. Yeah. But the he, best thing yeah. to come out of that selection is the beef sandwich from Portillo's that you received at him. Yeah, you received, it. and I, uh, I, I still, I mean, that was a, I, I felt great about that bet the entire spring. <laughs> you knew there was going to be some team like the Jets to make the mistake, and they did it. They did. Yes, yes. Oh. It's that quarterback desperation. Uh, okay, I uh, before we get out of here, I watched Asia Ultron. What'd you think? It is a lot going on in that movie. It. it it was fine. Uh, it, it was just like there was like a little too much, if that makes yeah. sense. But it was fine. I enjoyed it. Like so, that's how I feel the about comic most of these. book nerd in me. Here's a little fun fact for you. Have you ever heard of the X Men villain Magneto? Yes. So the the fast guy and the witch girl. Just throw it out there, Scarlet Witch yeah. and Quicksilver. They're his children in the comic books. Oh. So this was the first time where you would have mutants involved in the MCU. But since I think it's Sony has the rights to the X-Men, they couldn't exactly go full on X-Men here. So a little fun fact for you. That is interesting. Uh, Fishbane, are you aware of this, um, this off-season binge of the MCU movies that I'm trying to do? Yeah, I'm a little jealous because I've actually wanted to do this um, yeah. with, with Marvel, but I... Uh, I have not. So um, you are uh, one step ahead of me. But no, I, I actually what I did on last uh, this week's other, earlier episode was I listened to about 30 seconds of Philip Rivers talk and then I skipped to the Marvel talk. OK. Yeah, it's been pretty popular on Twitter. I've been surprised. Um, wait, so have you seen all these movies yet or no? No, I've seen okay. Uh, none. OK. Is not, yeah, I've seen I think I've seen Iron Man. So you're basically where I was. I had seen one of the Iron Man movies and one of the Avengers movies, but I hadn't really. Uh, well, if you're interested, I, I can send you the link to the list, the order that I'm using, which, by the way, so far has been phenomenal. Like everything has added up and made sense um, for the order and how you should watch them. And then you just need a Disney Plus subscription to give them a free plug. Uh, yeah, I, I got Disney Plus because I wanted to watch The Mandalorian. There so. you go. Yeah, no, yeah, send me that. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on that and I'll, uh, I'll, maybe I'll catch up by the summer. And we should say that because um, a lot of people have been tweeting this, we've addressed this on Twitter, but we, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. We are aware, speaking of Disney Plus, that there is going to be a Mighty Duck series involving Emilio Estevez. It's exciting. And it's I, extremely exciting. I cannot wait for all the horrible coaching decisions. I'm, I'm going to be there for it. I can't wait for him to find his next Adam Banks. Another good Adam. Another good Adam. Yeah. 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 I'm a, I'm a little worried. I, some, when they do these things, they, I get excited and then it, it ends up not being very good. It's like when they came out with the new full house, like I, yeah, I grew up on Boy full house. World. I couldn't wait for it. I lasted one season. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm obviously going to watch it. My ducks, you know, that, that, that was, that was, Mighty Ducks 2 is one of, the, one of the, my all-time greatest uh, favorite sports movies. Mighty Ducks 2 specifically. D2. Yes. D2. Um, 
Well, not only am I going to watch it, but we will have full breakdowns here on the Hogan Johns podcast. You can count on that. Oh, I'm all in. All Perfect. in. <laughs> all right, guys. Anything else you want to sneak in? Nope. Uh, 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 no, I didn't. I am. I am foregoing my 15 seconds on Northwestern sports. Really? You yeah. don't you want? I have, to, I have nothing to say. Not even like uh, no interactions with Worldwide West last night because he was at the game. Yeah, I missed him. I mean, I saw him in my. I was actually having me sitting somewhat kind of near him. Um, but you'll have to get get Mike Wilbon on next week, and he'll probably get be, have more for you on uh, Worldwide West. Okay, and I thought Fitz did a good job on the the radio because he filled in doing the the call with Dave Ennett. He was no Adam Hogue, my friends. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I think he was. I think he was better. <laughs> Uh, it was entertaining hearing Fitz on the call. All right, guys, uh, we will get out of here. Fishbane, good to hear your voice again. Thanks for having me. You stay safe on that Peloton, okay? So now we're good for another month, right, Adam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's hot? <laughs> that was a bad laugh there. <laughs> no, we'll have Fishbane definitely on at the combine. Absolutely. At, at, at least. That's only a week and a half away. Am I right on that? It is. Oh, man. Indianapolis, here we come. We got our dinner reservations already set up. Can't wait. I can't wait to go to P.F. Chang's with you fellas. I'm going to skip that one. Yeah, uh, Hogan and I are going to go somewhere else that night. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with P.F. Chang's? It's fantastic. We're fine. <laughs> Whoops. We'll have to restart that one. That's what happens when you press the wrong buttons. All right. Uh, we will get out of here. We'll be there in Indy. Probably not going to P.F. Chang's, but it's all good. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read those two guys at The Athletic. Good stuff up there. Johns will have his uh, new story up tomorrow. And I'm at WGNRadio.com slash Bears. Thanks for being here. Tell somebody to subscribe to The Athletic. It's totally worth it. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You will not regret it. 40% off there at that link. Talk to everybody next week. See ya. All right, Coach. I know you got to be careful here, but why did you feel the need to talk to the officials there? I was just seeing if they wanted to be on my Christmas card list.